0: This episode of Free or Wild is produced with support from Ultra Trail Harracana.
1: I'm Kanoa King. Um, I run ultra marathons, typically 50k to 100k, and trying to push that to longer distances. Um, I enjoy that because I get to explore new trails all over the states mostly, but hopefully some more international races starting tonight. And... Um, uh, a lot like uh, getting out into nature, hiking, uh, except a little bit quicker. You can cover more ground. So that's why uh, I uh, do ultra marathons.
0: You're listening to Free or Wild, the official podcast for the Ultra Trail Hiracana event. From runner profiles to trail tales, join us as we explore the world of trail runners, their journeys, their daily lives. Their challenges, their uncertainties. I'm Justin Pugliese, and today we'll be talking with Kanoa King. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Kanoa. Um, did I get that right. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome. And I usually like to start off by finding out how you got into running in the first place.
1: Yeah, so I uh, I grew up running. Um... I found that I excelled at most sports, not because I was typically gifted at them, but more because I was fast. And if you're fast as a kid in Vermont, you can uh, uh, mostly, uh, uh, you can do pretty well. And so I, I ran through high school and it was pretty, uh, pretty fast and was recruited to run in college, but had some health issues um, in end of my high school career and uh, ended up uh, putting running on the back burner through college and focusing on my studies, and then uh, going on to graduate school. Um, And so at graduate school, I'd still run occasionally for like uh, stress relief or to just get out um, and uh, explore some trails when I was out in Oregon, which was beautiful trails out there. Um, And then I graduated and was done with my master's and my doctorate and uh, had a whole lot of free time when I moved back to New Hampshire and after a silly bet with my brother, after one too many pints, uh, <laughs> I ended up making a bet that we were both gonna do an ultra, um, actually, five years worth of ultras. And whoever uh, won the bet won their weight in beer. Um, and so this was actually, and this is five years later, and uh, I've won the bet. And <laughs> my brother has a large debt uh, of beer to continue to pay off.
0: Well, that's the nice thing about trail running. It's uh, usually beers associated with it. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, and only good things come from uh, from betting when you're drinking. <laughs> uh,
1: mostly good things, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, that that injury that you had or that health issue, was it running related or was it something completely different?
1: It kind of was. I mean, uh, I, I think looking back on it now and after um, some of my own education and figure, trying to figure out what was going on, uh, I was passing out while running and I think... Uh, it probably had something to do with overexerting myself at one point and then turned into something more psychosomatic where my body was shutting down um, when I got into these super stressful, stressful situations um, because I did all the stress tests and trying to figure all, the, all that out and went through MRIs and CAT scans and running until exertion and nothing really happened. And really it only happened in these high um, stress situations like racing. So it never happened during running, uh, running uh, training. Um, and so I started running in college and then I actually passed out on a training run, which I think uh, led me to be like, oh, maybe it's I'm putting too much stress in my body right now and I need to back off a little bit and focus on something else. Um, and uh, but now uh, I haven't had any issues for a long time now uh, 15 years. And uh, I think finding that uh, different. Um, different focus, um, different motivator. I mean, high school, cross country, I feel like you're, you're really racing, you're racing the clock, you're racing your peers, um, and being like a top guy in the state or in a small state. Uh, uh it, you, I, I put a lot of stress on myself and I think that probably had a whole lot to do with, um, what was going on.
0: So you were a top athlete in the state and, and at one, what distance?
1: Uh, 5k. So yeah, I came in second, uh, in the state my junior year, um, and. Then my senior year, I started passing out. So uh, a little correlation there, I think, probably. Uh, I also had like a a minor like musculoskeletal injury um, that kind of restricted some of my summer training. And then I went back to running hard and didn't really have it and uh, was passing out for a bit there.
0: Yeah. It's kind of scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was definitely scary for the people around me. And um it was scary for me at times. I mean, I think as an 18 year old, you don't really grasp, uh, what passing out means and, uh, a generally healthy 18 year old. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm sure my, it caused a lot of great hairs for my parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, it just happened to a guy that we run with just on a regular run club, like any, that, that exact same thing happened. We stopped it, it stopped suddenly it was yeah. a drop in heart I, yeah. he's got uh, maybe some heart heart uh, issues he's got to yeah. take care of but yeah quite scary for people around him yeah and...
1: for sure yeah I did a lot of like I'd have to go run races to like test it and I'd be wearing a heart rate monitor but like before the races, they'd like announce like oh this kid might pass out um, so be aware of that I uh, don't need to stop he'll he'll get back up
0: <laughs> wow that's so, crazy yeah so so then you kind of continued on later in life and did you find that same success that you had with the, with the shorter distance?
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, no, not initially. Um, so my brother, uh, he was just finishing up his college cross country career and he played lacrosse as well. And so he definitely had a better fitness base. I had just been, um, hanging out in, uh, in Portland, Oregon, drinking craft beer, studying a lot and, um, enjoying enjoying, uh, skiing and recreational running. And so the fitness definitely wasn't there. And my first year I signed up for that 50 K that we were having the bet on. And I think my, my long run, um, was 30 mile hike in the, the white mountains walk, hike, run. And that was also my long week for the training block. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going into that first one, um, it, I thought, I think like a lot of road runners think like, Oh, like this, these guys are going 7:30 pace for 30 miles. Like, okay, like I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then I went and did a 50k with five five uh, k of vert in it, and um, like it was a struggle bus the, the whole second lap. Um, and so no, and it was it was tough getting back into it and getting back into shape. But the next year, it was like I really got to win this bet. Like <laughs> um, fairly competitive, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, I signed up for a 50k a couple months before the 50k that uh, the bet was on mm. and found that that forced me to train a little bit more and who, who, who not thought like you train and then you see some results and so I did pretty well at the north north phase 50k um, in New York at Bear Mountain yeah which was, popular yeah on. really fun yeah. race um, and then took an hour off my time the second year um, and so definitely some results. And so after that, I really found that like, as the fitness grew, like, uh, I wanted to take things a little bit more seriously. And so, um, I, I started training more consistently. So probably three years now I've been training pretty consistently. I worked with a coach for about a year and a half right now. I'm not working with a coach, but, um, might, might get back to that at some point here.
0: You find it. So why do you step away from a coach? Like, <laughs> what do you, what do you find the main uh, differences between getting coached uh, by somebody versus coaching yourself.
1: Yeah, so I, for me, I really enjoy like working with a coach and I did. Uh, I was trying to cut back on the budget so we can uh, renovate uh, a kitchen. Uh, they're not cheap. That's valid. And uh, um, so I stepped away for, from that, but I really enjoy working like having that outside um, person like to get you out of bed in the morning. For me, I mean, uh, sometimes like those easy runs that like just build general aerobic fitness. Uh, sometimes like, I'm like, oh man, do I need this or do I want to sleep another hour? And I wake up to my alarm and then I go to sleep for an hour. Um, and so like having someone to say, oh, we're going to do this today, even if it's a 45 minute run, uh, really, really works well with me. And then also race planning. Um, I found a lot of benefits from working with, um, with a coach. Um, this summer I also kind of wanted to focus a little bit more on just enjoying, uh, the White Mountains, I raced a lot in 2018, and so 2019 I kind of wanted to focus more on just adventuring, exploring, checking out new trails, new loops. Um, new Hampshire and New England have a ton to offer, um, and I wanted to spend a little bit more time up there. That was like I think the one downside with working with a coach is like, oh, I have this workout. Can I find a loop that works with this workout? Um, and the person that I was working with was awesome about like. Getting out and adventuring, and like, oh, sometimes you should, you need to go out and do a, a twenty mile loop, and there's not necessarily going to be speed work in it because the White Mountains, you can never do speed work, right? So, yeah, um, coaching myself's been uh, it's been good. Uh, it, I've had a lot of fun this summer, and I still feel like I've maintained a lot of fitness um, and been able to race at the similar level that I was before.
0: So yeah, so so coaching yourself, but you've probably like picked up a lot of lessons from the coaching that you've received. So what are some things that, that you can pass along maybe that you've learned from from your track days to to now?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that um, the biggest thing that I learned, so I worked with uh, Ryan Gelfi from Trails and Tarmac. Um, and the things I really enjoyed with his workouts were they were like super specific to the race that was coming up. Um, so I think that is really important, especially when you're focusing on like an A race or like your big race and like ultra trail hurricane is like that for me this year. Um, and so talking to, um, some people who have run the race before, knowing that there's some very runnable sections, but then also some like steep, uh, climbs and very technical, um, building that into like workouts. So like having some steep technical hill repeats with some speed work on like something that's less technical, what, even if it's a road in between. So being able to find that, um, and I, I think that one, it mixes up, um, your training plan um and like where you're training because if you're um like if you're always doing hill repeats on the same hill and like i'm fortunate that i have some different locations but i think uh, i also like put in that time to try and like oh where can i do this workout and maybe drive that extra 15 minutes to to find that uh different spot to work out versus doing like the same hill every time like oh this is a four minute hill i guess i'm gonna have to do like 15 four minute hills mm-hmm. um like finding like that eight minute hill and then doing some flat work after and like at the start it was hard it's like oh where am i gonna find a hill on the seacoast of new hampshire that then has a flat spot for at least half a mile <laughs> so it's tough um but i think like mixing it up really keeps the the workouts fresh as well as um, makes it more enjoyable
0: Cool. So so what i gathered from that is like variation is important yeah. and also like simulating the type of terrain or type of race you're going to be racing, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. Um, variation to keep things fresh and um, race simulation, I think is uh, really important to, to race your best race.
0: Right. So, you know, being top at 5Ks versus what you're doing today, um like what you're racing now like i i can't wrap my head around these distances like how long have you been doing races of like 100 mile or 100k um distance so, and so i did my why why do you do
1: yeah that? i did my first 50 miler like just about three years ago now and so 50k i mean i think 50k and marathon are pretty comparable like it's more time on feet obviously i think it's probably it's an easier effort on in Honestly, I think a marathon is much harder than running a 50K. Running a 50K is hard, but it's a different type of hard. Um, uh, I think the 50 mile is a huge jump. Um, 50 mile, my first 50 miler was a really hard one. And I thought that I hit this second wind around um, like mile 39 and and felt like, oh man, like 100K, no big deal. <laughs> And then my first 100K was uh, maybe six months after that. Uh, so a little over a year and a half ago. And um, I ran a couple 100Ks that year and they're very different. I mean, it is hard, like I have a hard time wrapping my head around running a 100 miler and that's what I want to be doing. But I think this race, 125K, is going to be a great stepping stone. I think it's a similar effort with like time on feet. I mean, <laughs> if I could run the same time on time on feet um, for 100 mile, I'd be very happy but um uh, i think that that 77 mile is a good stepping stone from 62 up to uh 100 mile is a big jump and so um yeah i think everyone can benefit from speed work uh, like running fast can help everyone um so like i i do have some general like still some residual uh turnover for some uh, faster 5ks i mean i'm not an elite 5k or by any mean but I could probably win a, a local 5k turkey trot or something like
0: that. <laughs> yeah. It's still good to know like in yeah. the, in your back pocket, you yeah. still have that. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So what's the, what's the ultimate goal for you? Like, you know, for me running marathons, like it's majors, like I want to run all the majors now. I ran Boston. I want, I'm going to run New York in November. So what is it for you running, running trail? I know uh, UTMB just happened. So, um, what's the, what's the end goal for you? Yeah,
1: I mean, UTMB, I mean, obviously, like it's incredible watching their um their coverage over there and seeing seeing what they have and the trails over there are incredible. Um I UTMB it's bucket list race. Um I would love to go over there and run that race. It's definitely up there. Western States is up there for me. Um I've run a little bit of the trail out uh in California and I think that's great. I mean, end goal really, I mean, I don't know if I have an end goal. I, like I said, um I love exploring these trails and finding different trails. I mean, Ulster trail Mount Fuji, um, like looks incredible as well. If they get a good weather day last year, not so much, <laughs> but, um, so, I mean, uh, I trying to find that balance to, uh, still enjoying what's around me. Um, the trails in Vermont and New Hampshire, um, the long trail in Vermont is probably a, a five year goal of trying to give them that a hard push. It's, uh, Pretty stout FKT, but uh, might want to go for that. And uh, I would like to run a hundred miler before I run two hundred and seventy-three miles. Um, and so, trying to find that balance between racing and then also enjoying what's uh, what's around us in uh, New England.
0: Cool. And and who do you? Is there somebody you look up to in the sport? Like I know, like you know, I follow like the Coconino Cowboys and you know, in in Flagstaff, and like Jim Walmsley's like spectacular trail runner. Like, is there anybody that you? You look up to in the sport and
1: yeah i mean uh, the the cowboys are incredible runners are super fast and they've got a great group of guys out there which i really envy um i i have definitely have some friends around new england and that that group is uh growing and we're, we're getting to the, these folks that uh, are willing to go out on these fun adventures and it's really it's a great group that's growing um i i'm jealous that flag staff they can go out their back door and <laughs> run right on these trails i have a little bit of a drive but like compared to some people like who are living in cities, like it's not too bad of a drive an hour, two hours up to the whites. And, uh, I have quite a playground to play in up there. Um, people that I look up to in the sport. I mean, they're like Ryan Gelfi, my old coach. I think that he, I really like his, um, mix of play and, and racing, um, getting out, going for FKTs as well as, um, just going out for these big adventures. Uh, I, I like athletes like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, like Walmsley breaking the 50 mile world record. That is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and like so much, um, props to him for that, that effort. Um, and Western States just not long after that, like, that's incredible. Like those, those feats are great. Um, I like, I like the, the mix of adventure with racing and trying to find that, that balance as well.
0: Mm-hmm. What would What would you say to somebody just starting out in the sport and like, do you have any like advice or tips for anybody that is just getting started with trail running or yeah, these longer sh- distances?
1: For sure. I mean, I think, uh, eating a lot and eating often on these adventures. Uh, I think, uh, I don't remember where I heard this quote, but ultra running is, uh, uh, eating contest with a little bit of running mixed in. <laughs> and, um, I'm fortunate that I can eat quite a bit. I've had a couple races where I've had some weird stomach stuff, but that was my own fault, eating too much. Mm. uh, uh, But I think just uh, practicing that and then also, like, making it fun, going to new trails, checking out different areas, like – uh, look on uh, on Strava to see like where are there these trails. Like I found new trails in the town I live in because I was like, oh, look at this person ran there, or look at heat maps and like see like oh, there's trails in there. Like if people are running places, like this pops up on social media, which uh, we're really fortunate that we have that now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think some people might. Uh, disagree, but I, I think it's a really good tool. That's the first thing I do when I'm uh, traveling into a new city. Like, oh, where where am I finding trails? There's green space here. Can I find a Strava segment in there? And if you, there's a segment there, there's probably continuous trails after that.
0: There's a way to get there. Yeah. It's not exactly. just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not just going segment hunting every city <laughs> I go to, uh, but it's uh, looking for those trails around that.
0: Cool. So do you have any, I mean, they say nutrition's a sport in itself. Do you have any any tricks, uh, up your sleeve with that? What's your like go-to meal? And
1: yeah, I mean, nutrition, like I said, I'm pretty fortunate. Like I could eat pretty much whatever I want, uh, and do pretty okay. Um, I, I, eat generally healthy. I mean, I eat a lot of whole foods. I think in racing, I really enjoy like pretty basic products. Um, like I use untapped maple, um, which is like just maple syrup. Um, they, uh, they have a great drink mix as well. And it's, maple it's salt and ginger or their other flavor is black tea so it's super basic there's not a whole lot in it tastes delicious Um, so i use them for my drink mix and then also mix in their waffles which are just like waffles (laughs) Um, like the stroop waffle kind of with maple syrup in them instead Um, and then spring energy is really good like to keep things basic and smooth i mean I like some of the goo flavors, but I found that I fatigue out with them, especially in these super long races. Um, and so I really, on the trail in between aid stations, I try and just keep things basic with uh, liquid nutrition and gels and whatever I can carry from the aid station and then trying to take in some real calories while I'm at the aid stations themselves. It keeps my, my racing vest a little less messy and, um, and uh, also keeps things a little bit more basic. I think keeping things simple, like... I don't think having like something too complex uh, of a nutrition plan, at least for myself. I mean, some people need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I can kind of get away with uh, a little bit more than some people can just because my gut uh, has held up pretty good.
0: Yeah. it's a, That's a good advantage you have. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Longer stuff. It's, it can get a bit wonky and for sure. And then that's a battle in itself. Like we got so many things to think about already. Like I've done a long course triathlon, so I can, I can uh, relate to how long you're, you know, you're out there and. And certainly, like, yeah, when the stomach goes wrong, it's, like, not a fun place to be at all. Oh, definitely not. (laughs) Um, How do you work your, you know, like, your mental game? You know, because that's another component, obviously, we talk about. So, training and nutrition, like, the mental side of it, especially when you're out there for 125K. What do you think about? Is there a mantra that, you know... Like what, what, what's going through your head?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough. I mean, in the past, I would have said that like mentally, I think that was one of my downfalls. I feel like that grown with experience and time and training. I think fitness also fake, you can fake uh, some mental strength if you're fit. Um, and so I think uh, I worked really hard with fitness uh, for a while. Uh, and as that built, it also built that mental game. Um, so I feel like I'm in a much stronger place now mentally. So I don't have any single one mantra. Sometimes when I'm out on the trail, uh, I'll come up with something. Um, uh, maybe it'll be run like a wolf, uh, like uh, ultra trail Harakana. There was an animal phase that uh, I went through. You think about animals. I was a zoology major in my undergrad. And so I have a whole lot of random animal fact knowledge up there. And so you think about everything. I mean, it's a lot of time, uh, but, uh, I'm hoping to take in the trail a bit. It seems like there's a lot of incredible views to drive out here. It was incredible, so I can't wait to see what that the trail also has to offer.
0: Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Let me tell you, like I raced a 65 here uh, a couple of years ago and it was mucky, it was muddy, but it, it was really nice, yeah. you know, I got to say that. So yeah, it's uh it's a, a special place to be in. Like it's nice cuz it's like right in in uh, my backyard too. Yeah. So uh being from uh, Montreal, so um, what were some challenges? I know you had health issues like early on, but, uh, was there any challenges you faced like during a race that you, like, or a race in particular that stands out that, you know, where things just didn't go your way and, and how do you, how do you overcome those, those things?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a specific race. I mean, there's definitely races that you, you fall apart a little bit. You don't feel great. Um, I've, uh, I can't think of one race in particular. I mean, I had a race out in California, the Canyons Hundred K that I was really hoping to do really well at and went into it running well, healthy, strong, went out there and just didn't have the race I wanted. Um, and I fell apart a little bit and some of that was uh I think just race strategy getting a little too excited too soon and hundred K's uh a lot can go wrong uh, in these longer distances. More can go wrong than can go right. And so trying to find um, that balance there, um, I think that it, it's, it's hard to turn that corner sometimes when you get into that spot where like oh, more people are passing you than you're catching. Um, but trying to find that something, some different stimulus to get you going, whether it's uh, some people it's song, like music for me, I, I don't really run with music, sometimes training, but not, not so much with racing. Um, other people like find that mantra and it, it's different for me. Sometimes it's just picking that next tree to get to and then you get into a little bit of a rhythm and um, trying to get, get the gears rolling again.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, do you have like a strategy that you usually go? Like, I mean, it's such a long distance, you know, you have so much time. Like, so if you want to be competitive, I don't know if you're, you're how competitive you are. Or, like, do you go out to these things to win it? And you know, what's the, what's the strategy when you enter a race?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've not won an ultra yet. Uh, I've come on the podium a handful of times, which podiums are fun. I mean, winning one would be incredible. Like, I'm not going to lie, like winning a race. Sure. Who doesn't know? Well, maybe people don't want to win, but like uh, uh, I would love to win a race. Uh, I would love to win tomorrow. And there's some pretty stout competition out there. Um, so but like I said, a lot can go wrong uh, in, in 100K, 125K. Um, so it has to be that whoever's going to win tomorrow is going to be the person that has a a good, a better day than everyone else. Um, and so you can be, uh, the hundred mile, uh, world record holder, like Zach Bitter and get beat by a schmuck like me at black Canyon a couple of years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So like I've beaten both a hundred mile, uh, men's and women's, uh, world record holders. I'm not faster than them, but (laughs) I will tell my grandkids that someday. <laughs> and I, and I, and I won't mention that they had bad days. Yeah, because
0: everyone does, right? Even, exactly. Even the pros, like, I, just don't do what I did th- two years ago. At the, we came across a uh, water crossing uh, early on in the race, and like, I was like, I had new shoes on, <laughs> I, I as a complete rookie, and took my shoes off. To oh pro- man! Yeah. <laughs> to so I would yeah. have dry feet. Yeah. It was like absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Anything that you can look back on in, in your running career that stands out as something like you'd never do like again like
1: oh <laughs> well I would like to say I'll never go out too fast again but I know that's not gonna happen so uh, I've done that one too many times it seems like I'm as I get older I've become a little bit wiser and doing things the right way but uh um I don't know if there's anything else well I took in uh, 1200 calories in about uh, 10 minutes at one race I'll never do that again That was a rough uh, next five miles.
0: What were you eating?
1: Uh, Everything. Uh, uh, I took in like two of those untapped maple waffles uh, and drank um, close to a liter of uh, sports drink um, and then a bunch of Oreos and then two bags of scratch gummies. Um, Yeah, I was a little behind on calories and thought I'd make it up in that 10 minutes. It didn't exactly work for me. Mm.
0: So what's uh what's the best plan? I know we talked about nutrition, but what's the best like formula for success? Would you say like I know we have to test everything in training and stuff like that, but like is there like a rule like every forty five minutes or like something that because uh, oftentimes like you, you're out there and you're like you forget to drink or you forget to eat or yeah you're, you're like what's the what's the trick there?
1: Yeah, my big thing is like eat early and eat often. I mean, I'm trying to like. 30, 30 minutes in tomorrow, I'll probably be taking my first um, uh, untapped maple, which will be a great uh, uh, breakfast at uh, 2.30 in the morning uh, uh, out on the trail in the dark there. And I think continuing to just sip, I mean, sipping on fluids. If you're trying to like gulp down your whole sports drink on the 45, like you're probably going to end up with uh, some stomach stuff. Sometimes when I'm getting closer to an aid station, I'll drink a little bit more just to empty the bottles. Um, and then, um, trying to just be consistent. I mean, that, that's the name of the game with nutrition is like just continuing to continue to eat and start, start eating early. If you're, if you're eating cause you're hungry or you're drinking cause you're thirsty, you're too late.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, that's like, that's the key for sure. What does running mean to you? Like it's been part of your life clearly for a little while now. Like, what is it? What is it? What impact has it given, like brought to your life?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I think it, it, really brings a whole lot of balance for me. I mean, I think my wife would attest, uh, if I'm not running, uh, I'm a little more grumpy and my mom would probably say the same thing, uh, back when we were kids, it was either do chores or go for a run. Cause we were crazy little, uh, kids running around the house. And so I ran a lot that's probably why I became fast as a kid, but now it, it really brings a balance to everything. Um, even if it means waking up early, it, it gives me, uh, that stress relief that, uh, it, wakes me up in the morning. It, um, it allows me to find that, that outlet, uh, for some of that excess, um, energy, excess thoughts. I mean, it's that time to think, um, meditate, if you will. Um, and kind of just be out there, whether it's alone or with friends. I mean, it's also that community too. Um, when you're out there with friends, uh, it's incredible time to catch up and like, you don't necessarily get to, have that time with uh, all your friends, but uh, there's some great uh, groups that get to, uh, we I get together with, and um, we get to catch up once a week. Um, mm. And so it's that community, it's that mindfulness time, it's uh, that stress relief. So it's is, a lot of things. <laughs>
0: is there a big run community in New Hampshire? And like, how often do you train in groups versus by yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, New Hampshire has a. a pretty good sized running community i'm on the seacoast we have a great group of uh, seacoast long run which gets together once a week there's always someone training for a marathon yeah. um and so we usually start together and we always say we're going to be at 7:30 pace and then someone will uh, drop it down or i'll have a <laughs> workout and so it depends on the week and so i would say at least once a week i'm training in a group um whether it's long runs or getting on trails um and it, there's a, like i said a growing trail um group um that's that's growing in new hampshire i mean um andrew drummond from run the whites has done an incredible job like getting uh people together just these weekly fun races vertical k races Uh, well vertical k-esque races (laughs) they're like uh 1200 feet of climbing but just straight up um and does a nice weekly trail series and you've met a ton of great guys through that and uh i mean andrew's uh, a pretty incredible athlete himself and he uh he likes to I think he tries to be pretty humble, but he's done some pretty incredible things.
0: Yeah, it's it's always a good way to be. But then it's it's like shocking sometimes you hear like what some guys have done. It's like, what? yeah, like, I have no idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool. Where can people find out more about you?
1: Um, so I am on Instagram uh, at Aloha Runs, um, as well as on Facebook, Kenoa King. There's not a whole lot of us out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of Kanoa Kings, but... Uh,
0: where does the name come from? Like, where is that?
1: So it's Hawaiian, uh, hence the Aloha Runs. Uh, but uh, my my mom's half Hawaiian and uh, my dad's Irish, hence my uh, fair complexion. My sister's got all the tan jeans.
0: So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to sit with us and chat and we'll sit with me and chat and uh, wish you all the best of luck and... Yeah, for, for the race tomorrow and, and also in future races of
1: course thank you
0: thanks take care you've just heard the fourth episode of Free or Wild the official podcast for the Ultra Trail Haracana event this interview with Kanoa King was produced with support from Ultra Trail Haracana this podcast is a co-production of Evan Ma Haracana and La Rundown you can find more information on the UTHC on the website haricana.info. See you soon.